It's nice to meet you. And me too. You're a hairstylist at a Jersey City, New Jersey, owner of Kintsugi Coffee. Yes, good job. Yeah, Kintsugi Coffee Company. And you're a stylist right now at the hair room, specializing yeah. in color correction. What did you want to do as a profession when you were a kid? You know, I honestly had no idea what I wanted to do. And I just knew that I loved to see people smile and I loved talking to people. So that was the only thing I had. And I actually initially thought I wanted to do dental hygiene because I was like, oh, I can make people have beautiful teeth. I attempted to do that and I decided that it was not like the blood and stuff like that. I was like, oh, this is not cute. So this isn't for me. So then one of my best friends is actually a hairstylist and she's a few years older than me. And I would go and hang out at her salon sometimes and it just clicked. I was like, oh, that's exactly what I want to do. So I just decided to go to beauty school from there. How neat. You answered my next question, which was when did cosmetology school become a decision and why? How old were you when that was? I was 18. So you signed up for cosmetology school right then? So I actually started at the community college to do dental hygiene because everyone's like, you'll never make money doing hair. Like Mm -hmm. it's, you know, maybe you could do that on the side later on, but you should do something that's uh, more promising up front. And I attempted that. And it's funny because in my introduction class at the college, the lady, I feel like she just was like speaking to me. I forget her exact words, but pretty much it was, you know, you should really do something that really speaks to your heart. Don't let people tell you that you're not going to make money. If you have enough passion and drive to do something, you'll be successful in anything that you do. And it just clicked for me in that moment. I just chickened out, finished the semester, but then I never forgot that introduction class. And when the semester was over, I applied for beauty school. And I was like, oh, yeah, this was the right decision. So it even confirmed it that much more for me. What was it like? I mean, we're going back a bit. What was it like? finding clients right after getting certified so i i first got my license in 2011 and i was working at like a small salon and it was like a commission only salon so there was no hourly pay at all they knew i was fresh out of school and so they really were great with like saying with having like a walk-in clientele but my first week, my paycheck was $27, and I, and that was after genuinely sitting there for 40 hours. I was at work for 40 hours that week, and my first paycheck was only $27, and it was like, whoa. So it was a big eye-opener that I needed to put myself out there a little bit more, and this was before social media was a huge platform for advertising yourself. Mm-hmm. I really would go and hand my business cards out, like wherever I would go to the store or anything, if I seen anyone, any client that I think would be like a good fit for me, I would just hand them my business card, and then that's kind of how I began to build at that salon. Cool. You transitioned at some point into renting a chair in that salon? So it was strictly commission. So you were only paid based off of the clients that came in. And I was there for about a year. Did you feel the business cards and handing out flyers? Did you feel like that brought you the clients? Or did you feel it was more word of mouth that you started seeing clients come in? 
think it was definitely a combination. It was kind of just a chain reaction of both of them. Do you have anybody right now that you're you're following that you find their work inspiring? <laughs> Or somebody you see that you're like, oh, do they do classes? That might be somebody I might check out. Yeah, yeah. So there's there's like a couple of like curly hairstylists that I follow because that's another passion of mine in this industry. And I love to see other people using their voice to support the curly girls. Yeah, I definitely see that the average salon, it's missed. And I wish there was more of a highlight on that. Like I have to go find it, you know, and coming out of school, educate myself on textured hair and wavy hair. Yes. It's so sad that we're not taught in school. How important has it been for you to have a boss that makes you feel seen and heard and one that's supportive of your growth as an artist and a person? You know, it has really changed my outlook on this career on being a hairstylist and my boss right now her name's Natalie she's freaking amazing I've worked at so many salons and this is the first time that I feel she really gives us this place the safe space to just be as creative as we want and our voice is always heard she's a small business owner and it's amazing to see that she is capable of managing that many people but also letting us have such a balanced life and that's been super helpful and even letting me start my coffee business. Yeah, that's cool. So we're gonna circle back to the coffee business, but I did see some rainbow flags in your space and the color, and it made me think there's definitely some color specialties happening in there. Was this the first space that was using, like, I wanna say modern because we are trying to normalize how we talk about hair and, servicing non-binary individuals uh, and that diversity of not just hair type but of people was this the first time you were in a salon space that seemed very up to date on that yes 100 percent. and our prices our services are non-binary as well so we don't say men's cuts women's cuts it's shortcuts basic cuts so it applies to anyone which also helps people feel just more comfortable. Yeah, I love that. It's nice that you're attracting the clients where you can use those phrases and educate. Sometimes people aren't gonna understand what you're saying if you're trying to describe a pixie cut. It's like a round shape. Yeah. Um, what What is your favorite cut to do right now? Ooh. Um, I would say my favorite cut right now is like a a round curly cut with curly bangs oh my gosh that's so funny I was literally visualizing that Ah. (laughs) I was just looking at Instagram and Joshua Jackson with his wife and I saw his profile and I was just like oh my gosh that those curls are just I love that profile and if Uh. I'm like can I just do this cut on those who identify as men (laughs) because it looked really nice and I feel like there's uh, there's a lot of fades you know and sometimes people can get stuck in what they think they need to have without exploring their natural texture or length and that's not just you know one type of person but I I feel I I see that I'm like it's I like it when somebody comes in and they're feeling yeah switch it up or let's do something different and maintain something different yeah you'd be Um, surprised how many 
clients I get that don't even know they have curly hair. Oh, yeah. And then we just unlock this magical world for them and they just run with it. And it's so beautiful to watch people transform into themselves, you know? Yeah, I love that. I feel that with my own journey when I embrace my natural wave Mm -hmm. I feel like a rock star I mean it's like feel activated and hydrated and it makes me feel more playful and I I guess I ran around with curls when I was little all the time so being able to embrace that as an adult has been nice so yeah that's amazing that leads me to my next question I know we we usually learn to do our own hair from our parents or our grandparents sometimes if they're not an influence in our lives we learn from an auntie or an actual stylist who influenced or taught you about caring for your own hair and what is the most memorable time that comes so, to mind from when you were a kid this is really funny so my mom actually <laughs> She would braid people's hair and she would always do my hair and make sure my hair was always, she would do these little barrettes and stuff in my hair and all these little hairstyles. My mom's Mexican and so she's got curly hair, but it's more of a wave and I have kinky curly hair. So, you know, she did her best to like really understand my texture and she killed it and always made sure I was upkept. But I, as a child, hated getting my hair done. Like, Every time my mom would do my hair, I would grow the biggest bit. So it's kind of funny that I became a hairstylist. What was it that you think you were reacting to? Was your mom rough on your hair or? No, I think it was more just because I wanted to be outside running around and it just was an inconvenience to sit down and get my hair done because it was not, let me put your hair in a ponytail for five minutes. You know, it was a sit down for 45 minutes and get my hair braided and these little twists and things put in it. So it would last for a week, you know? So she would do my hair at the beginning of the week to last me until the next week. And so it was all just chunked into one time and I it just drove me crazy. And so I would just throw fits. I'm actually curious about products you were using on your hair prior to 18 years old compared to the products that you choose to use now. Yeah, before I was 18 I wore my hair straight I would get relaxers and I used drugstore products like Pantene all the stuff you would find at Walgreens yeah me too when I have to think back because I'm, I'm 40 now so it's going back and it's really hard I think <laughs> I was I think it was Tresemme uh, I know like yeah, a lot of too. professionals still use that but there's I remember the shine and just loving the way my hair felt but the hairsprays, you know, just now being so much more conscious of trying to take care of myself. Uh, mm-hmm. Definitely stay away from phthalates. And I try to be mindful of the things that are disrupting my endocrine system and the lungs of my clients. Yes. Uh, and I think you guys are also with that mindset in your salon. When did you start using cleaner products as a hairstylist? Actually, when I went to beauty school, I was introduced to, I think we used, we used chi at the time in beauty school. And I just remember the transformation with my hair, how it felt, the smells were a lot gentler, and I feel I'm sensitive to smells anyway. So mm. that's when it started, and I just have never looked back. I think they were one of the first 
to start using ammonia-free. Yes, their color. I remember in beauty school, they're like, you can eat our color and it's safe. <laughs> so we, we all tried it, of course. <laughs> And I'm like, it doesn't taste good, but sure. Oh my gosh. I've never heard of that. That's funny. Yeah. That's such a good marketing tool. Actually, (laughs) It really worked because we all tried it. You're, are you, are you personally using Colton King? No, no, no. One of my coworkers does. Okay. Can I ask one or two lines that you're feeling really happy with using right now? I really like... What are we using? I, we're, we're using Evo right now, and I really like mm. Evo and R&Co. Those are my two, the two lines that I'm into right now. I love how their scents aren't overpowering, and everything yeah. seems effective and simple, simpler ingredients for both of those. Absolutely. That's so cool. So what advice would you lend to yourself coming out of school? Um, that is a good question. You know, time traveling, you're sending a little message in a bottle to, to yourself. You've been a week out of school. You just got certified and oh my gosh, I can drop any message to my younger self. Oh, I love this question. You need to take your time too. No rush. Yeah. (laughs) That is such a good question. I think the biggest thing that I would say to myself is to hmm. so yeah my younger self coming out of beauty school I would say to always under promise and over deliver to clients so as a mutual coffee enthusiast I love that you have a coffee cart and a coffee business going can I ask what the turning point into taking an idea, what thought processes turn that thought into a an actual reality? And I'm curious, like when when that was for you? So I actually first thought of this idea in 2015, 2016. I really wanted to open a coffee shop and I chickened out and I just have been thinking about it over the years. And the turning point really was after I had my daughter and she was about five months old and from the time she was born she was extremely colicky and I just powered through that shit we came to the other side of it and I don't know if it was the hormones after having a baby mixed with having a colicky baby I just really felt I could just conquer the world and I'm like why am I holding back like I can do this I just showed myself and I feel like having her be so colicky showed me my strengths and what I'm capable of and so it gave me the confidence to just finally take the plunge and do it. How neat. Yeah. Because it is patience and a lot of troubleshooting. (laughs) (laughs) So you're like if I could troubleshoot this and have the patience for this and the endurance. You can literally do anything. How neat. And your coffee looks amazing. Thank you. I I feel like being a coffee person, I can kind of tell what a coffee is going to taste like or how the milk's going to taste based on the way the foam is sitting in the cup. Yeah. And that's from doing a little bit of coffee myself, being a barista in the past, and then 
just staring at coffee. <laughs> I <laughs> if love the foam's that. gonna be burnt or <laughs> too airy. So when I saw your pictures, I'm like, oh, I, I feel like I'm, I'm, I can taste that, you know. And was was that something? Just your love for coffee, but also wanting to bring good coffee to people because I know it's it's a little bit of a rarity unless you're in an area that's just specializing in you know really good quality coffee and training people to be baristas were you did you get some barista training I did so actually through the company that I I carry Intelligencia coffee and they oh cool yeah yeah they offer us all barista training for myself and any employees that I have so it's really great yeah, and really the coffee cart kind of links to my hair journey just because I, I love conversating with people and just meeting, just talking just talking to new people. And through that, I discovered my love for coffee. And through those two things, I wanted to open this coffee cart to just really bring together conversation and coffee. And I just really love when people are hanging out, enjoying themselves and just seeing them drink coffee. It's just it really warms my heart. <laughs> Are there two, two or three tips uh, that you've either learned by making mistakes, <laughs> mm-hmm. or you know, going through the process, or doing it, doing something correctly from advice from somebody else that you could pass on when it comes to let's do hair first, whether it was like a tax thing or timing for I don't know if you filed yourself as an LLC but yeah I'll let you go the tips I would give to somebody that's fresh out of beauty school is get your brand down on what kind of stylist you want to be because when you come out of beauty school there's so many routes you can go with doing hair you can specialize in shortcuts or long cuts or you know you can't be great at everything so I would say really focusing on a couple of things and getting really great at that and just keep trying to attract that kind of client and that will help boost your confidence and it'll help get more referrals. I think that would be the biggest tip. And what else would I say? Pre-booking is very, very important. And it is one thing that I've actually learned. I've been doing hair since 2011 and just in 2020, I finally learned the importance of pre-booking because before it felt too forced at other jobs, right? Like they would say like, oh, like numbers, like we have to make sure we hit these numbers, numbers. Like it was all about numbers. And I was like, that just seems like it just wasn't enjoyable for me. So I wouldn't really push people to like pre-book their appointments and stuff. But I learned that a lot of people really need you to tell them when to come back. And if you don't do that, they're going to just go see another stylist or they're going to, you know, just forget and then take a year to come back. And so it's really important when you are walking them up to the front desk to say, you know, it was great to see you. I would love, if you want to maintain this haircut, I would come back in eight weeks. And so, and the front desk person can get you pre-booked for that. I've seen my books grow tremendously since I started using that line. It was a huge eye-opener for me. And then my last tip would be just educate people on what they need for their hair and the products will sell themselves. 
And then just listening to your clients and their problems, because a lot of people get lost in doing what they want. A client will sit in your chair and they'll tell you their problems, but you're not listening. That's the problem that I see and I hear that a lot with my new clients. They're like, you know, I went in and told them these problems and they just, they didn't help me or they just did what they wanted or they didn't communicate or a lot of times the stylist isn't communicating with the client like hey this is a great idea that you have for your hair but unfortunately your hair is not capable of doing that so let's find something to compromise that will work for your hair so there's a disconnect there too that I feel stylists miss out on the not listening and not communicating well enough can I ask what your favorite product or regimen for itchy dry scalp is mm. you know iron co makes an acid wash that's really nice that helps kind of soothe the scalp i would say that's my go-to and they also have a cbd scalp treatment that's great at the shampoo bowl yeah i love that because i find everybody has a different answer for that question uh, <laughs> and somebody listening to you could resonate and then you never know that there's a connection being made there or, you know, for us, I think we think it's the same thing or everyone's heard of it, but then the person listening is like, oh, I've never heard of that. <laughs> yeah. Because there's so I think many. Another... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, I think another important thing that I really would like new stylists to know is I feel texture is so important and it's like something you can't be afraid of because... We don't really learn it in beauty school, but it's genuinely so similar to straight hair. You just have to compensate for shrinkage. But so many people get so caught up in their head and they're like, oh, I don't know what to do. And so then they just completely butcher people's hair. And it's really, curly hair is really, really simple. If they want to take it two inches off, only cut off an inch and maybe an inch and a half to compensate for that half inch of shrinkage that's going to happen when the curl springs up. And also making sure that you're using the right products for curly hair. Curly hair is also simple in that way. It needs hydration, right? So using like curl creams are great, mousses and leave-in conditioners are great for curly hair. So I think that's important for new stylists to know. Don't be afraid you just have to treat it with a little extra TLC and compensate for the shrinkage a little bit more. Absolutely. I love that. Is there any tips for business that you've encountered? As I myself have, have done a side project and a side project business and really going through the steps of, you know, my finances. Mm-hmm. I found listening to people on YouTube or webinars was really beneficial but looking back for me I really thought ooh I can see where there's a huge benefit in the financial advisor or like a business course or taking a business course in college for those basics that might have been skimmed over in school but really yeah. not taught how to implement because being your own boss just there's so many things you know and even people have been in the business and work with you know work in different areas I find have missed certain things when it comes to business and finances even though looking at them you wouldn't think that and it's like oh that Mm -hmm. is really something that's important but I don't see people talking about enough you know and I'm still like learning and wishing that there was more 
of a foundation for that, especially in school. I feel that would have been a really cool addition to have everybody come out a lot more successful and feeling maybe more confident because, you know, there's a lot of people who don't continue for many reasons, but come out of school and are like, oh. (laughs) Yes, very true. Did you come across anything perhaps during your coffee business where you're like, this is definitely helpful that you learned? Yeah, I think that the most important thing I've learned is you have to account for everything down to like the cup, right? Everything costs money. And so in the beginning, it's easy to just kind of get caught up in, oh, let me buy this and that and that. So all of these things cost money. So you have to like tone it back and make sense of what's important and what you really need versus what you want to get started. I think that's very important. And my mom works in supply chain management. And so she's been great to kind of help me understand a lot of that in a way to break down cost and help because I feel I'm more of the creative side right I love to talk and I love to share coffee and these flavors and all of these things and give people great haircuts and my mom's like okay yeah that's great but let's think about you know like how much the cup of how much the paper cup and the sticker that you're using costs to figure out to pinpoint the what you're going to charge for a cup of coffee so you're not under what did she say You just have to make sure that you're selling the cup for enough to make sure that you're covering everything on the back end. So that was really important to understand. And then I have taken some financial classes in the past and worked with mentors to help me understand what, which routes to go and what makes sense and what doesn't. That's definitely the most important, especially when tax time comes and you look at that and you're like, oh shoot, did I even make a profit? Yeah. Someone told me this. Everyone loves to tell you how to spend your money. When I first got started, I remember everyone's like, oh, you should get this machine or you should like get this grinder. This is great. Like all these fancy things. And I'm like, right. I'm like, yeah, you know, like totally feeding into it. But then, you know, I have my mom's voice in the back of my head. Right. But that all costs money. So what are we doing? Do you really need that? And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Let's tone it down. And, you know, start with the basics that are still work just as good and we can build from there. Thank you so much for sharing that. I think that's, that's great advice. I'm, I think I learned that through mistakes or (laughs) getting wrapped up. Even in hair stuff, you know, it's just telling myself it's going to feel really good to have extra money and afford that thing you know and tools make such a difference but how to balance that and also give yourself that time it might feel better to have the spending money to get those nice tools before going into a hole to get the nice tools like right now I had to tell myself I'm committed to working with the clippers I have Mm -hmm. um, because I'm not doing you know my mind I'm not this clipper maniac that I think I am, (laughs) where I'm doing all these clipper cuts, which could warrant, you know, clippers that I have my eyes on. So it's... Yeah, you can get crazy out, but like the tools, they can just, you know, And sometimes that is marketing, right? That's being fed to us. Absolutely. And how to pull yourself in and be like, I'm so grateful. Actually, what I have is amazing and it's doing the job and 
what would it be like to reward myself <laughs> yes. rather than like, these? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like hairstylists, we love shopping and getting new things and have this industry is always changing. So there's always the latest, greatest next thing. And so it's just not feeding into that too much because you can go bankrupt by buying all these tools and trying to keep up and stay up with the latest, greatest. So you really yeah. have to figure out what's important for what you're doing right now and if what you have is working then and it's producing great work then there's you know you have to kind of battle yourself with that but I remember that at my first you know my first salon job too I was like I'm gonna go out and buy all these fancy clothes because I'm a professional now and I went out and I spent four hundred dollars on a new wardrobe and then my first paycheck was only twenty seven dollars or twenty five dollars or whatever and I'm like okay well that's not the math's not adding up we got to tone it down here and then I ruined all the clothes with getting color on them so I was like okay that was a great lesson on not overspending behind the chair because my clothes are going to get ruined yeah I think I learned that too it's especially if you can be in a space that isn't telling you how to dress that people really I think look at well depending on where you are I know some people are like what are they wearing but when they're not looking at what you're wearing they're just kind of seeing that you're put together you know being comfortable if you're in shoes that are good for your feet and you're comfortable you're going to be standing better versus uncomfortable shoes that you know are making you wince with pain or something yes they're cute but they hurt yeah i learned that the hard way too and i'm like okay my feet are gonna be horrible by the time i'm like 30 if i don't figure this out and so i learned i can't wear like stilettos to work because it just doesn't mix with standing on your feet all day on concrete floors. This was such a great conversation and I appreciate your time so much. Did you have anything you wanted to share to the listener? I would say get the haircut, do your research on the salon, the stylist, and for stylists too, don't be afraid to, you know, put yourself out there, show yourself off in your qualities behind the chair because that's what people really look at when they go to your page is they're looking to see who you are as a person versus what you can do behind the chair, really. And I would say that's that's it. Thank you. I agree. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it was great meeting you. Thank you so much. I hope we can stay in contact and wishing you a great rest of your day. Absolutely, you too. Have a good day. Bye. Bye. Hi, guys. I just wanted to say thank you again for listening. You can find Candace at the Hair Room Bay Street and Jersey City Heights in Jersey City, New Jersey. I've included a link in the show notes. If you'd like to book with her or have any questions, her Instagram is Hair Coffee Design. The transcript for this episode is available on hairstoriespod.com. And again, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Hair Stories with Chantel. And a big thank you to my guest Candice of Kintsugi Coffee Company and stylist at the Hair Room. Have a good one. Bye.